Arsenal catapulted themselves right back into the Premier League title race last weekend as they beat Liverpool in a somewhat curious and tense clash at the Emirates. Mikel Arteta's gunners couldn't quite last the title pace last season. Will they fare better this time around? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. No problems lasting the pace for my top tipping team, starting with Mark O'Hare. Mark, great win for Arsenal last week, although that Virgil van Dijk clanger in the second half really did help them because at that stage, Liverpool were actually on top and looking strong. Tough trip to face West Ham. They've already beaten them, West Ham, in league and cup this season. So it's quite a tough game for the Gunners. Yeah, it really is. Um, obviously, big win last weekend for Arsenal, stating the obvious, but um, they'll be feeling good about themselves after what was a difficult December. And yeah, I thought Liverpool struggled to deal with the sort of twin threat of Odegaard and Havertz, who played kind of floating roles where Gabriel Jesus would normally be, neither of which kind of played in the the, the sort of traditional centre-forward position. And it caused kind of Van Dijk and Canate to, to, to have a few hiccups and, and headaches, really, because they weren't really sure who to pick up and, and when, really. And the two of them floated around and caused a bit of a menace. But look, Liverpool weren't at it at all. Um, they looked like they really missed Dominic Schobberslai in midfield. Obviously, Connor Bradley had to withdraw from the squad and he'd been playing brilliantly. There was no Salah, no Nunes from the off either. And I think when you're missing a couple of your leading lights in those big games and then some of your big players also make awful errors, um, you just have to write it off, really. Arsenal were good in large spells. So were Liverpool. Arsenal got the rub of the green, a little bit of luck with the poor uh, Liverpool defending and um, yeah I'm not rushing to sort of change my ratings or expectations on either side based on that result I'm, I'm much more intrigued by what we see from Arsenal this weekend against um, West Ham as you say as you say a team who absolutely bossed them at the Emirates not so long ago really and um, whilst Arsenal have a, a fairly rec fairly do good recent record at West Ham in the Premier League I think they're short enough to win this game um, considering what we've seen from them against West Ham so far this season um, I wouldn't really want to be getting too involved in those kind of prices around 1.6 to, to win this match. Um, I think West Ham perhaps stylistically might be able to, to to provide a bit of a thorn in Arsenal's side, really. And, um, you know, they've managed to get most of their key players back fit and available again. Uh, Packets are still missing and they, they do have a dreadful record without him this season. I think there's nine games they've only won once without him and that came against Lincoln in the Carabao Cup. And they've scored twice or more just, in just two of those nine, failed to score at all in three of them. Um, which kind of tips the balance in Arsenal's favour. But um, I actually thought West Ham played reasonably well at Old Trafford last weekend, despite the scoreline. I think on balance of play, they put up a decent fist of things, had plenty of shots and opportunities, didn't take them, and, and United did, really. But um, I think back at London Stadium, where they've been pretty strong all season, I think they can keep this contest competitive. And you know, if you look to the Asian lines, you can get West Ham plus one and a quarter on side, which requires Arsenal to win by... Two or more for you not to to make money. And Arsenal have only won once away from home by two goals or more. And that came early in the campaign against Bournemouth when Iriola was still kind of working things out with the Cherries. And I guess for me, for, if I really want to get West Ham on side and be confident about it, Moyes needs to work out what midfield he's going to pick because I can understand why he parachuted Calvin Phillips straight into the side, but that has gone disastrously, really. He's, he's been at fault for, for goals and points and, and both of his first two games being caught in possession. It's not too surprising. He's He's been rusty after making three league starts in 18 months. But um, yeah, I, I think I do give West Ham a puncher's chance here. It's, it's one of those matches where you expect Arsenal to win, but almost any scoreline or any result in this match wouldn't surprise you. I don't think anyone would be hugely surprised if West Ham won this game. But, um, you know, the expectation is Arsenal do win this game. But 
perhaps not as comfortably as perhaps the market assumes they will be. Pipster and odds compiler Mark Stinch can with us once again. West Ham are a strange old team, Stinch, because I commentated on their game at Old Trafford last weekend. I thought they played really well. I thought they were quite bold, thought they started well, made lots of openings, didn't take any of them, ended up losing 3-0. Yeah, I think they're very hot and cold, aren't they, West Ham this season? They're either very good or, or, or can be quite turgid. I watched them recently away at Sheffield United. And uh, yeah, it was just <clears throat> long ball, really, from, from both teams. So then you you wonder how West Ham have won some of the games they have this season. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree here. I do think Arsenal uh, look look quite short. Uh, they're 1.58 uh, on the exchange. Uh, again, uh, wouldn't be one that I'd be automatically throwing in an accumulator or whatever. Um, you know, West Ham is seventh. Uh, expected points has the mid-table, so a decent return, I'd say. But probably more impressive is some of their results. As you mentioned, Kev beating Arsenal home and away already. They, they've won at both Spurs and Brighton. Uh, they've beaten United and Chelsea both at home. Uh, and they topped a, a tricky-looking Europa League group, I thought, with, with Freiburg and Olympiacos, yeah. with, with five wins out of six. So I think impressive enough to, to warrant um, maybe a bit more respect than the, the 1.58 that Arsenal are. Uh, OK, they've no wins in six, but they they were without um, Hamid Kudos for a lot of those. I'm a, a huge Kudos fan. I still don't know what he's doing at West Ham. Um, you assume maybe he will go on to something bigger. But uh, yeah, he'll be back as he was last weekend and, and maybe a bit fresher after a week's rest. <clears throat> he played well, actually, at Old Trafford, I thought. I thought he buzzed around. I thought he worked hard, especially without the ball. I thought he was mm -hmm. excellent. So... Yeah, I think, as you say, he'll be in a bit more rhythm, won't he, I think? Yeah, just, you know, no travelling or not travelling, you know, a huge uh, through time zones and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Kudos fan. Um, so hopefully it makes up for the for the, the lack of uh, Paqueta. Um, but, you know, the, the most competitive question we're being asked here is not will Arsenal win? Will they win by more than one goal at evens? And as Mark said, they've done it just once in, in 16 away games across all competitions. Um, they failed to score more than one goal 11 times. So I, I really like the look of, of West Ham plus one and a quarter here around about 1.8. Um, you know, we will get, we'll, if Arsenal win by one goal, we will win half our bet and the other half will be returned. So I think it's a, an easy decision to, to get West Ham onside here at, at the price. Now, we know injury time goals can be a pain in the pocket if they ruin your bets. And so now you've got 90-minute payout to rescue you if the clock hits 90 minutes and you've got the right result as it stands. Your bet wins when the match ticks into injury time. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. Manchester United have won back-to-back -back matches with striker Rasmus Hoyland in great form. He scored in each of his last four Premier League games. But they haven't been mega convincing. The visit in Aston Villa side that's been so strong at home for much of the season, but has recently lost at home to Newcastle in the league and Chelsea in the FA Cup. Mark, there's an eight-point gap between these teams. If United lose, that's curtains for their top four hopes, isn't it? I would probably say it's curtains for their top four hopes already. To be honest, I don't, I think it's a it's a big big. Um, Even if they know, win this one, perhaps yeah, but I, I think it's it's going to be difficult because I think Spurs are going to be holding quite strong there in the top four race as well. So um, there has been a few shining lights in in recent weeks, um, but Villa. This is an interesting game, an intriguing game, because Villa, as you say, they've started to have a bit of a sticky patch. So they picked up only five points in, in five league games, stuttered and stumbled 
against Burnley and Sheffield United when they're expected to win those games comfortably. Uh, then they got absolutely schooled at home by Newcastle. Everything clipped against Sheffield United, but I guess battering the blades at Bramall Lane doesn't really sort of get you too many brownie points these days considering their plight. But um, yeah, alarming to see them lose uh, quite comfortably at home to Chelsea in midweek in the FA Cup too. So they're going through a, a lean spell at the minute. And um, yeah, I, I'm not too keen to get involved with Villa at the prices, to be honest, just because of that. And perhaps the, the schedule has eased for them a little bit. They don't play a top six team now until the 9th of March. So there's an opportunity for them to try and build on that winning at Sheffield United and they did beat um, United here at home 3-1 last season but uh, they have to improve massively on their last four home performances really um, but yeah we spoke on the podcast before United played Wolves and West Ham I was anti-Man United on both occasions made to look a little bit silly and foolish by those results but um, I thought they were the results but not the performances uh, really. I think against Wolves they were they were fairly good um, yeah before they blew it at the end yeah yeah uh, that's the that's the concern really defensively they still to, to me just cannot be trusted um at the back and you know martinez now out injured again um, that's enormous he was it, so good in both games yeah so yeah. Good. yeah you could see the difference and to be honest when i saw the team sheets against wolves i feared for my selection because united looked to be back to full strength uh, across the board really um casemiro back in and and he's been playing pretty well too but in forward areas, they have been quite a good watch recently. Obviously, scoring goals quite freely. Ten Hag seems to have settled on a system that has Garnacho and Rashford flanking Hoyland, and all three are contributing. They scored 13 league goals in five matches now, nine in three with that front three. Um, as you say, Hoyland is scoring and looking confident again. Um, Anthony's rightfully been, been benched. And um, yeah, I've got no issues with them scoring goals now but it's defensively um i have concerns they're, they're averaging the, the fourth most shots conceded in the premier league this season which is quite embarrassing for a side who are chasing top four and um yeah i think aston villa have a lot to prove here but i think going forward they, they haven't got too many problems ollie watkins double figures for goals and assists in the premier league leon bailey has been working really hard to, to get back into the team and, and playing terrifically well he's got 13 goals and assists in 10 league starts this season. I think that's gone very much under the radar. And then you've got the impact of Zaniolo or Diaby off the bench as well. So I've got no qualms with what Villa do in forward areas, but I think defensively they can be gettable too. So yeah, I'm looking at over to enough goals and both teams to score here at uh, 1.8 it was. Um, eight of Villa's 11 home fixtures have featured at least four goals, um, let alone three, whereas four of United's last five have seen this bet bank um, with a total of 22 goals in those five United League games. So, yeah, expecting plenty of action and entertainment. Let's head to Germany. Hoffenheim in poor form, but they might feel there's an opportunity to turn things around as they take on relegation-threatened Köln. Stinch, Billy Goat's got a big win against Frankfurt last week, but you are not convinced about them at all. No, it's just it's it's the three wins all season and the, the manner of those uh, three wins. So, last week against... Nine-man uh, Frankfurt, um, previous uh, home victory was against 10-man Gladbach, where they were also given two penalties in that game. And then the other victory was 1-0 against bottom side Darmstadt. So not any confidence there whatsoever. You throw in the fact they are the lowest scorers in the division. You know, we're talking about Bundesliga, heavy goals, just 14 in 20 games. Um, and, and they haven't got any money, so they weren't able to adequately strengthen the squad in January. So, Well, transfer I, ban as well. They're, yes. they're, they're in big trouble. 
So I, I think they'll finish bottom three, basically. It's just whether they get directly relegated or whether they'll be involved in the playoff, essentially. Um, that's the question. So I'm I'm very happy to oppose them. Um, I know what you say about uh, Hoffenheim, um, but and they haven't um, they haven't won in their last uh, last six, and they've conceded at least two goals in, in five of the last six, which is obviously slightly concerning. But again, small sample size. Um, two of them were against Bayern and, and Leipzig, and the other four, in terms of uh, expected goals, they won ten to six basically, uh, and they drew three of the other four. So. I just think if they they might even they might one goal might even be enough for Hoffenheim here to to win the the game given uh, Cologne's perils in front of goal. Um, Hoffenheim won the reverse fixture three one and they were three 0 up before that the hour mark. So I mentioned a lot about um, you know back in favourites they're four to five Hoffenheim back in favourites and uh, you know you wouldn't put them in an accumulator. I think this is one you would because as I say I think if Hoffenheim score once um, I think. I, I don't I don't I think that might be enough. Um I ultimately I think Hoffenheim will outscore Cologne and, and that means they'd win the game. Stinch also want to have a look at uh, one of the big games in Italy this weekend, Milan against Napoli, neither of which are very convincing at the moment, are they? It's all a bit hit and miss. I mean Napoli needed to dig themselves out of jail against Verona last weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm not having Napoli one bit and this season, uh, especially under Mazzari. You know, it's a it's a stopgap appointment. We were very surprised at the appointment of Rudy Garcia. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's I think Rudy it, Garcia was surprised <laughs> by the appointment of Rudy Garcia. Um, it's a bit of a shame their title defense is is been rubbish essentially but at the end of the day you know they still won the league for the first time in however many years it was they had all those celebrations um you know they'll still have that that won't go away um but yeah like Milan is 17 to 20 here again I wouldn't be necessarily backing that yes they've won five of the last six but I think there's been some some cracks papered over you know 81st minute uh Viva Frosinone uh, last weekend, it was two goals in the last few minutes to beat Udinese. You know, it's not convincing. Uh, it's just four clean sheets now in 21. Um, obviously, no Tomori. Yeah, um, I was going to so say, I, that's that's a big blow, isn't it? Yeah, Gareth Southgate doesn't know who Tomori is. He thinks he's a left back. But um, yeah, he's, he is very key for, for AC Milan. And yeah, I mean, in terms of Mazzari, oh, just dreadful. Uh, especially in the big games, uh, defeated by Inter twice. Juve, Roma... You know, they humiliated by Frosinone four nil at home in the Coppa Italia. You know, that's it's just not acceptable. Um, but again, I'm not going to try and choose who wins. I, I just like the look of backing uh, goals to be honest, because it's, it's it's nearly fifty fifty. Over two and a half goals, around about one point nine on the exchange. Nine of Milan's last ten have seen overs. And in terms of sort of season records, uh, quite healthy. Sixty five percent of Milan's games over two point five, sixty four percent for for Napoli and seeing as both teams can't defend they wouldn't be surprised to see a repeat of when they met in October when it finished 2-2 obviously no Victor Osserman um, but I I still think Napoli have got enough uh, going forward to to worry this Milan defence who as I say are conceding left right and centre against everybody. Elsewhere in Italy Bologna face Lecce and Mark Thiago Motta's doing great stuff at Bologna. He is. He's being sort of talked about and linked with the job at Barcelona. Um, probably won't get it, but um, he's on the shortlist apparently, and quite rightfully too, because Bologna have been the surprise package, I guess, in Serie A this season. They're only three points off the top four, 
have been there or thereabouts pretty much throughout the campaign so far. And they've been very, very solid. Um, I think they're a great option this weekend to, to beat Lecce at home at 1.8, um, a brilliant price. They, they were beaten at home on their opening weekend of the season against Milan. Since then, they've posted eight wins and two draws in front of their own supporters. Um, you know, they've only conceded five goals in those 10 games, two of which came last weekend. When they beat Sassuolo 4-2, um, Joshua Zerxi having a, a great campaign uh, for a former Bayern Munich man, um, looks to have found a home there at Bologna. And they're playing a, a Lecce side who have really struggled away from home. So I've got them third bottom on expected points away from home. They're winless in 11 away, five draws and six defeats. But if you look closer, six of those five of those six defeats came when they travelled to teams in the top 11, They've only managed nine goals away from home all season, which is never ideal when you go to a side as uh, robust and as um, strong centrally as Bologna. Um, and they've also lost five of the last seven games across all venues in Syria. Just two clean sheets all season. Uh, again, not ideal if you're conceding goals regularly, not scoring many when you come up against a, a savvy side like Bologna, who know where the back of the net is, but also know how strong they can be defensively too. So I think the, the four to five, on the home win is actually a little bit disrespectful to Bologna. They've been much, much better than that price suggests this season. I think they deserve to be stronger home favourites. And finally, in the Netherlands, go ahead, Eagles against Pex Voller. You've picked the game of the week, Mark. <laughs> yeah, this might sound pretty dull because it's going to be quite numbers heavy, but over two and a half goals and both teams to score at nine to ten um, is uh, it's never a dull nice if it wins. It's never yeah, exactly. dull if it wins. Very nice price. My model makes both teams to score 1.5. It's trading around 1.61. So there's difference there. You know, chucking over two and a half goals just to get to better price. I think both sides contribute here. The actual goal line for this game is a, a straight 3.0 where you need to get four goals or more to get a payout. But obviously backing overs and, and beated, yes, we can get paid with three goals here rather than just a push. And the raw numbers first are, are very, very strong. Uh, go ahead, have gone over in eight of 10 at home, over three and a half goals and seven of 10 at home. They scored at least twice in seven of 10 at home and conceded twice or more in five of 10 at home. And then you've got Peck Swaller, who have gone over two and a half goals in eight of 10 away, over three and a half goals in six of those. They've scored in nine of those 10 away games. They've scored at least twice in six of those 10 away games, but they've also conceded multiple goals in six of 10 away games also. Um, so you expect both sides to contribute here, possibly a couple of goals each really based on those numbers, but the underlying data agrees. Go ahead, Eagles games are averaging 3.48 expected goals at home and Peck Swallows away matches are averaging 3.26 expected goals. There's only four points between the two teams. Uh, they're well away from relegation zone, actually looking up towards potential European qualification here. So uh, both teams should really go for it as is the way in the area of VC. So, um, yeah, over two and a half goals and both teams to score. It's the early game on Sunday. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. It's the Super Bowl on Sunday night between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So the NFL Only Better crew has you covered with all the best tips on their podcast. So that's well worth checking out. Lots of good preview content on our website as well, Betting betfair.com now remember all of our shows are on betfair's new youtube channel for non-racing content so make sure you like and subscribe and it's the return of our champions league preview show in just a few days time so keep an eye out for that as well from stinch from mark and from me it's goodbye for now